Hello, this is Who's He at the Movies, and it's a Western, 1973's High Plains Drifter. most people think of a Clint Eastwood Western, they think of the Sergio Leone Dollars Trilogy or Unforgiven. But I think High Plains Drifter is sometimes overlooked when it comes to Clint Eastwood's films. Now, if you haven't seen this movie, I'm afraid there will be spoilers ahead, but it is fairly difficult to describe this film without going into certain plot details. The basic premise is that the townsfolk of Largo hires Eastwood's unnamed gunslinger, and for the purpose of this little review I'll refer to him as The Stranger, to protect them from three outlaws who had just been released from prison. The town leaders hired them to kill their marshal, Jim Duncan, who had discovered that a gold mine that was legally dug in Largo, which was actually on government land, and this would mean the mine would have to be closed and the town would lose their livelihood. After disposing of the marshal by whipping him to death, the townsfolk double-crossed the outlaws by framing them for stealing gold to get out of paying them for killing Duncan, and the three of them vow revenge when they get out of prison. As the town are desperate, they offer the stranger anything he wants to protect them, and of course he takes everything in exchange for killing Stacy Bridges and the Carlin brothers. Now, that premise is based like any other Western, yes? Or any other Clint Eastwood Western, to be fair. You know, the man with no name, the hero protects the plucky town from outlaws. Well, this film twists that premise. Firstly, and this is what I like most, there are basically no redeemable characters in this film, and that includes Eastwood himself. Apart from the characters of Mordecai and Sarah Belding, the people of Largo either arranged or stood by and watched the murder of Jim Duncan. Driven by corruption and greed, none of them have the wherewithal to defend themselves and appear to double-cross anyone they hire to protect them from a situation they created themselves. Now, I think this is a product of filmmaking of the 1970s. It's becoming a more cynical time for cinema, and the Western had long gone out of fashion. And I think this film is very cynical. There are no plucky townsfolk bravely taking on the hardships of the frontier. They lie, cheat, and murder to make themselves rich. Now, as I said, Eastwood's character is no better. He also takes what he wants from the town, and even sexually assaults women. This is not what you expect from a Clint Eastwood film, is it? But, at the same time, his exploiting the townsfolk is no more than what they deserve. He knows how desperate they are and exploits them at every turn. Being when you think the stranger is being kind, I still wasn't sure if this was through any sense of altruism, and there are two scenes that highlight this. When the local storekeeper is ordered to give the stranger anything he wants for free, the stranger gives a pile of blankets and supplies to a group of Native Americans that the storekeeper had just been racist to. And later he appoints Mordecai, who's a dwarf, as the new town sheriff. I'm the sheriff. I'm the sheriff. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sam. You look so comical when he puts your badge on the run. I'm not a runt anymore. I'm the sheriff. I couldn't help but feel that despite these so-called acts of kindness, it was just another example of the stranger ridiculing people. He all but destroys the town and supposedly defending it and has the townsfolk literally paint the town red and renames it Hell before Stacy and the Carlin brothers arrive. But the other part of this movie is that, really, it's a ghost story. It's alluded that the stranger is the ghost of Jim Duncan, or at the very least, an avenging angel. 
From the moment that we first see the stranger, he seems to shimmer into existence as he rides across the plains towards the camera. And again at the end, he fades away as he leaves the town on the plains he rode in on. The ghost of Jim Duncan, or Avenging Spirit Angle, explains a lot with regards to the character of the stranger. He is there to punish the town of Largo for what happened to Jim Duncan, and he practically does take the town to hell. Now, the final scene of the film more or less confirms our suspicions of who the stranger is, but even then, it is more or less left open to the viewer's interpretation. And I love that ambiguity. I'm just about done here. I never did know your name. Yes, you do. The use of music also alludes to a supernatural aspect of the film, particularly when Eastwood rides in and out of the shimmering plains, well, like a ghost. This film was also directed by Eastwood, and while everyone says that Unforgiven is his best western, I would watch High Plains Drifter over Unforgiven any day of the week. Eastwood is basically influenced by Sergio Leone and Don Siegel, with a black streak of humour running all the way through the movie that both of those other directors were famous for. And I genuinely believe this is one of Eastwood's best films, not only directing, but also starring in. Well, to be honest, I love it. Eastwood uses his favourite character actors, such as Jeffrey Lewis and Anthony James, to great effect, and both were so brilliant at playing bad guys on Snivelling Henchmen. But one other thing that did surprise me when doing a little bit of research was that the script was written by Ernest Tideman, who also wrote the screenplay for The French Connection and also the John Shaft novels, and also wrote the screenplay for the first Shaft movie. Who knew, eh? Anyway, like the last movie I reviewed for this channel, Where Eagles Dare, it's another of those films where I switch over to and will watch from whatever point I join it at. There has been many a late night where I should have gone to bed but ended up watching High Plains Drifter instead. And it doesn't matter how many times I've seen it either. For me, it's a really enjoyable movie, and while some people will have trouble with how Eastwood's character treats women, basically how the script portrays women, what's important is that the men in this story are weak or murderers. In fact, the only man that is redeemable is Mordecai, who the townsfolk push around and bully because, well, he's an easy target. See what I mean about the men being cowardly? But to sum up, I think it's an interesting movie as well as being an interesting western. It's not what you expect. Eastwood is even more of an anti-hero than ever before, and the so-called decent folk of the old west are anything but. (laughs) 